Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Christmas, Hanukkah, Festivus, days away, but right now we're talking impeachment. We're talking uh, tax reform referendums. Ew. The Salt Lake County mayor now making sure you get a background check on your guns. A giant whistleblower report coming out against the LDS Church and federal parental leave. All more fun than Festivus, <laughs> Christmas, and Hanukkah combined. Uh, <laughs> no? Uh, Dark times, I think, which you've just described. They're all just kind of sad issues. It is, I don't know, it is sort of sad if that's all you concentrate on in life. But if you walk outside, True. the sun's shining, there's yeah. no snow. Yeah. Some I people like are being nice. Yeah. We're being Some. nice, right? We're being nice. Are we going to stay nice? We are going to stay nice, yeah. but before we get to the meat of the matter, if you were like myself and wondering what the heck did uh, Nancy Pelosi have on because she's had this cool brooch, you know what it is. What is it? Tell so us. So it's the Speaker of the House symbol that's been in place since the 1700s. It's got an American cool. eagle. I can't now remember, but it's like 13 swords wrapped together. You should Google it. It was a really nice piece of Americana. Huh. And she's apparently worn it several times over several years. I didn't notice it until the impeachment hearings and so you watched interesting. It, so you and three other people watched that whole thing? I, I yeah. Oh, great. No. The bitterness begins. Uh, well, I know, I know. I, am, I, am, I, I broke my own rule of not being nice. We don't, have, we don't have a Speaker of the House state pin or anything. I don't I'm sure no, you could fix I know, that. you should have one. You guys yeah. have something in common. Yeah. But um, I believe that as much as people either love her or hate her, I do like that she tried to keep the decorum this week. And when there was cheering going on, that she gave him that stink eye, like, if looks could she kill, did. you guys are dead. So I like that because I did see a few Snapchats and other videos that people Where saved they were celebrating of congressional members it. who were going in to vote. And they're like, yep. oh, I can't wait. Best day ever. And I'm like, that's, yeah, not, that's, how not. We, that's not how we do politics. So the impeachment happened on both counts here. Um, were we surprised at all? Last week we were talking about whether uh, Ben McAdams' vote would seal the deal, kill the deal when he runs. Let's start with you, Greg. Were you surprised when he came out and announced on Monday that so, he was voting yes? So we've known that the Democrats wanted to impeach the president from day one. And so the first thing I said, because I've, I've been friends with Ben and we've, we've talked a lot. And when he won, the first thing I said is, just don't impeach our president. Because it, it has been such you a You literally said that when he I, won? It is absolutely what I said. And I said, because it's been, it has been on the forefront of everyone's mind. And it was almost a foregone conclusion with Republicans that when the Democrats won, the control of the house that that was what was going to happen it, it was whatever they wanted to put in front of it but that's what we that we as republicans saw was at stake in that midterm election was this very moment and uh, i was surprised i was very surprised that he voted that way because i think that you'll see uh, the president on the top of the ballot in 2020 i think he represents a district that is republican i think republicans left the incumbent republican member of congress to vote for him based on the individual not the party and i think that when you have the president in a very Republican district looking to be reelected, I think he'll be successful in that. I think it's very hard to go down that ballot and then look at the candidate or who, who 
or attempted to remove him from office and impeach him and say, I like that person too. I think, I think that those deci his decision is at odds with the top of the ticket if you're going to vote and reelect this president. If, if, the, if the fourth district just rejects President Trump, then I think there's a consistent vote for the congressman that uh, looked to impeach him or voted to do it. I think that, that there's a dichotomy there, and I think that he only w barely won in the first place. I think that is it. I don't so I'm going to draw a rare bright line between us. I mean, I really think a usually, bright line? Okay. yeah. I mean, I, I I just sort of completely disagree, and I think that that is I'm a so, mis this is my shock face. I, I you know, <laughs> shocking. I think it's a real miscalculation of Utahns yeah. and Utahns' relationship with the federal government and our elected officials at a federal level and how it's working. So uh, the data points that I look at are Ben, I think, um, really reflected his district. I do think he was a rare. I, I think this week showed the worst of most of the House, be it Republican or Democrat. I think those of us who tried to listen to the impeachment hearings were woefully disappointed on both sides of the aisle with just the vitriol and the headlines mm -hmm. and the nothing burgers that we were given. I think um, I think that Representative McAdams was an exception to that rule. I think he did deliberate, and I think he thought about it. And I think also what he knows of his district is they're about split on the impeachment issue, and we have to separate impeachment from kicking him out of office. And and I do think there's a body of people that want to look at Trump's actions. I know I know there's a narrative Except of for Nancy the Republicans. Pelosi, who the narrative of Republicans the are that are that the, you know it's not about Trump. It's about this mean evil process the Democrats are going through. But I think for many people it is about the actions of the president and I think that Ben really did fall down on the side that says, I have to judge. And Ben was careful to say, I think he did something wrong and I think I need to hold him accountable for it. I don't think he it has a vendetta. I don't think this is going to be his main focus and I thought he weighed the balance. I think that is actually very in line with his district. Yeah. His district that's saying we have important issues we want you to focus on. Most Utahns in the 80% and higher believe President Trump did something wrong. And I think Ben was reflecting that. So I uh, I wish Ben would have explained himself a little more. The one thing that I, mean, he, I found interesting is he had his else. news conference, he read his statement, and I think there's always follow-up questions because you want to understand the thought path. I wish he would have, for his district and for the state, just leaned maybe in. answered a few mm -hmm. questions, leaned in, answered um, people's there didn't have to be a lot of questions, but maybe answered a few questions about why it happened. So that was one thing that was disappointing to me. You think this is the end of Ben McAdams? Well, it's the no. only partisan impeachment that the country's ever seen. There's never been an impeachment where Yeah, that Bill Clinton was thing wasn't partisan only. at all. No, no, no. I, I, mean, I mean, that that was not. I mean, the vote so has Greg, Republicans and Democrats. it's a partisan process, right? No, no, no. We know this that. This is the first one who only had the votes to impeach from solely one party. That has never happened. We don't have a lot of impeachments. This is only a third one. But of the ones that happened before this, it was bipartisan in its vote. And that, that at least connoted that, that there's clarity there's on wrongdoing, value. my friend. The there's, flip there's side of that, that is that many of us accept that, that, move, that President Trump did not do things above board. Okay, that so one party thought so, that there wasn't a bipartisan vote to impeach. There was a bipartisan vote to impeach Clinton. There was a bipartisan vote to Andrew Johnson back in 1860s. We, uh, uh, Nixon didn't go through it. He left because he saw the bipartisan support to impeach him that was coming, and he just resigned. This one is the first impeachment of, of, all, of a very few 
that is only from one party. It is striving. So when the Utah look, House of Representatives, when you were Speaker of the House, mm -hmm. when you passed things on a, on a on a partisan level, you would then acknowledge that those bills must not be valid. No, because if I, you yes. couldn't persuade a Democrat to I, vote for it, therefore, so it must have no foundational basis. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said nutty. that, Mara, because here, this, this is, you said this last week. I, I just can't say, leave you two alone today. I know. <laughs> I, you said this last week, and I just want to draw this bright line. This is not a vote. This is not a single vote. This isn't amongst a suite of bills or issues you're going to consider as a, as a duly elected representative uh, or member of Congress. This is an impeachment that is rarely, rarely ever used. And that is much, that is a very different set of circumstances Agreed. than a bill or an issue. Agreed. You can give me a lot of issues, but I'm gonna tell you that when I see as a Utah Pelosi leading this charge and I see Adam Schiff and I see Jerry Nadler and I see that these leaders are coming from states like California and New York that do not represent, I believe, this, the, the state of Utah or the reasons why Ben was elected. I think he's got a problem there. So, it looks like he sided with that very partisan but, effort but and not with Utahns. But can make the distinction. So what this sidesteps is holding Trump accountable for his actions. Nancy Pelosi has not, I think, been above Nord. I, I, I have not enjoyed Adam Schiff. I will not excuse their behavior, nor will I defend it. But that does not negate the actions of Donald Trump. And, and that conflation of it is an unfairness. Yeah, and I, don't, I, I haven't seen that 80% poll you mentioned because I, I've read those transcripts. And if we're applying, there's a, just so much selective logic in, in Congress. And to a deeper sure. level, I gotta tell there you. There is a lot of that. You gotta, I'm, I'm here making a case why I don't think uh, someone who won by less than 700 votes with this vote could keep that seat. And yet in that climate, I don't see a lot of people lining up to run. And the question is why, and I think it's, it doesn't look like public service. It looks like food fights or worse. It looks like, it looks so partisan and so far away from actually serving people and helping people that nobody's really interested anymore. I, that's how I feel. I think that's true in and general. I, I, think I will it's a shame. say Ben McAddox did reflect this district. Oh, It'll be interesting to see it. what moves forward because um, I think the next person sort of in the crosshairs that people will be watching is Senator Romney because he's been so outspoken against the president. Will he help uh, Democrats, Democrats, Democrats get things moving forward? Right now, my concern is is how long this is going to drag out, right. and I don't think the country can handle that. I hope Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi, I cannot talk today, stops with the gamesmanship. Right now, I think there's concern about her holding on yeah. to um, those articles and not handing them over. Are you thinking we should go trial, or should we just get her down, dirty, and done? She's playing around, and she yeah. shouldn't. She's not honoring her position. She's not doing the right thing, right? And she's yeah. not. And that needs to be passed along to the Senate. The Senate needs to deliberate by purposely. We all know that the bodies deliberate differently, thank goodness, and it's time to move to you the Senate. You realize that Ben owns that. He's part of that process that's, that is not going through as prescribed or as we would want well, I and think that's, that, there's there's bad people with get that. to be independent of their party occasionally it's something the republicans need explained <laughs> to them but uh, i believe <laughs> that for many of us you can think We're independently and belong to a group and you haven't heard the last of it because republicans are going to hold on to this democrats are going to hold on to this and i think there's going to be a lot of money in his race coming up in the months to come so be prepared for a lot of fourth district yeah. uh tv spots billboards mailers you name it you're going to get it um Back here at home in Utah, well, we've been talking impeachment. We also have tax reform that passed right after we spoke last week. Yes. I don't know that I've talked to anyone who's like, wow, that's awesome. And there's also a large contingency, two op operations trying to work um, to on a referendum. I cannot talk today. I've been up for too many hours. One of them was struck down. One of them is out there. 
there are a lot of signatures that have to be done by January 21st to try to get this referendum. Do you think this is even possible or plausible at this point? No, the lift's too high. But I think what we should learn from this is, once again, it appears that we've got a legislature, albeit perhaps well-intended, who's living in a little bit of a vacuum. I mean, the fact, I haven't seen a place where referendums immediately come after legislation. And it means there needs to be some more communications. I mean, I, I, I'm not sort of, we spoke to the merit before, but uh, moving beyond the components of it, the law, it, what that says to me is you all better keep talking about what this gives people. And it can't just be in the form of a check. You need to keep persuading us that this was in our interest and that you're continuing to look at this lift because it is extraordinary, including a former lawmaker who is bringing the referendum that's still in yeah. play. Uh, but no, realistically, you cannot um, meet the requirements that you need to meet in January. Good for any Utah exercising their voice. I am pro that, that alternative form of having your voice being heard. I hope legislative leadership who is tired because they, they, they gave, right? They gave, they listened, they traveled. I hear that. I also am a few that says they're underpaid for the work they do. I honor the service they're giving. Having said that, they signed up for it. So they need to quit whining about it and they need to keep <laughs> explaining to us what it is they did. And so we understand. Uh, explaining, will that get rid of the groups out there who want to get rid no, of this? Should I, they start uh, knocking so, doors? So I, I think the bar is high and I don't think that it, they'll receive the signature, get, get the signatures that they need. I, here's the here's where I, I think it's different having been a recovering lawmaker and speaker of the house where I was and I'm not I was there until the end of the year this time last year I was there and I've had this incredible education and maybe better perspective of the public's understanding of the legislative branch and how it moves legislation along if you think back at any tax reform tax increase tax cut you'll think back if, if it's federally you'll think back to a president John F Kennedy had tax cuts you have Reagan that had tax cuts, you have Trump, you ha or Bush, you have Trump. If you think back to the Bangor tax increases, we talk about the chief executive of the state, Bangor tax increases, or the Huntsman in 2007 tax reform or tax cuts. It's the same legislative process, both federally with those presidents I just mentioned, and then in this, within the this state with the, the governors I just mentioned. When this, the, when this whole effort is called the legislative tax reform, and you don't have a governor who is explaining the what and the why to the public, then people don't know. And if I can't track what's okay. happening, the public can't, and they can have as many meetings as they'd like. If you don't have your governor making this case because they have the name ID, the legislators do not. They're just, their strength is in numbers, not in individual members. If, they, if you don't have the governor out there in front making this case uh, and the people don't understand it, it's going to be received negatively. Even if it's great, we will never know as a, as a public. I'm living through that. I'm living that in real time. This sounds like a man who might want to be governor someday. I, you know, I know people think that's a, a, a politically charged uh, comment I made, but it is the truth. I don't know how, because I haven't seen it done this way before, where I was a member of the legislature. We worked just as hard on, on tax reform and tax mm -hmm. cuts, but we had a governor who, and we got 75 out of 75 House members to vote for it. Every single senator in the state Senate voted in 07 for a bill that wasn't perfect on any measure, but was this discussion and collective effort, I think they've done as much as they can. They've even made cartoons on YouTube, the legislature has, on why or what. It's not what people are tracking. It's not what they watch. They listen to their duly elected governor. So people can be, you know, can be sent or, you know, suspicious of why I'm saying that, but it, it is the honest truth. It really is. All right. So you're saying there's a chance you might run for governor? 
I, so you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. Like one in a million, but that means there's a chance. Before we leave taxes, mostly to make Greg uncomfortable, but to be, but to be positive so about something. I feel like I need to throw in a positive because I feel like the rest I it's probably the holidays. Be. We may The as holidays. Well. The tax uh, reform bill did include uh, a tampon tax is off. So oh, my gosh. I know. I said it. And so, <sighs> yeah. So women. Women. We're free of the tax on feminine hygiene. This is harassment. Yes. It's not harassment. You don't have to look at it. It's going to save your family at least $1.25 a year. You should That's love right. it. He's got two women in his household. I do, and I don't want to talk about it. This okay, fine. Why would I talk about this? <laughs> we all have bodies, Greg. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. It's The reason why we have this problem is when we sing so that song, this. we, we yeah, skip some of the this. body parts. Greg, we got, yeah. we got Greg had a stork <laughs> knock on his door. Uh, while we're talking uh, government, uh, we went from federal to state. Now we're going down to the county. Um, there's been a lot of talk about um, our new Salt Lake County mayor who has put in place a new, let's call it a rule for background checks on gun sales in the county. It starts January 1st. I think a lot of people are like, okay, you know, this is going to maybe make some improvement. We're talking about how can we make our state safer. Others are saying, I don't understand how this works because it's just a county. People can still be selling them on KSL.com or wherever they want to their brother, their mother. Does this help at all, Greg? Uh, it doesn't. Uh, look, I think there are some issues uh, from respective political parties where you're going to have your leaders like Mayor Wilson. Uh, Jenny's going to come out and she's going to, and there's a base that she's reaching out to. And there's a, there's, I, I see that in the political realm. And I like Mayor Wilson. I think she's making some hard decisions on a lot of fronts that a lot of people I think in that position would hide from. I like working with her. Uh, and so, but I think this is one of those political moments for her. On a policy side for the state, it is a best practice, we believe, to have your gun laws consistent as you cross over jurisdiction from jurisdiction, as you have, uh, and it's tough because you do have rural parts of the state as well as urban parts and suburban, but y if you have a hodgepodge or patchwork of different laws related to and regarding firearms, how you obey those laws, how you get to a point where you ignore them because you don't know all the different ones, it's better to have statewide policy when you're talking about our constitutional uh, right of uh, Second Amendment right of being able to own my favorite firearms. argument on so, guns from the from a former state legislator so or a current one is it. the federal government doesn't know what they're doing and the local jurisdictions don't know what they're doing. Don't worry, the legislature knows what it's doing on guns. It's, it's and this true. and it, it's not. It's <laughs> absolutely but it's not true. true. It's not true. The legislature is disproportionately controlled by the NRA in the state, and they flaunt it. So what no. I'll say about what Mayor Wilson is doing is she's taking jurisdictional directive. She has not changed the law. She's changed the law in the areas that she governs, and I find that very appropriate. The other thing we know about closing these loopholes is that they matter, because this is universally agreed on that this does not restrict anyone's right. It, it requires a background check. Absolutely, there are still the loopholes, but one doesn't make better policy if it's you know if the if the bar is that it has to be perfected. That's not true. One one incrementally changes the law. This was prudent. This was very mainstream, and this dealt with background checks only, not access to weapons. And I think what she was doing is exercising her jurisdictional authority, which she does have. Now, will it play out in the courts? Interestingly, I don't know, but it is a real and present issue as we look at defining where our gun laws can and can't. Be because these are background checks. So remember, this I is know. not this is not about front end sales. This is not about type of weaponry. This is about and the fact that you, that this is not something the legislature has had the courage to do is something I think Jenny Wilson is bringing up. And why doesn't the legislature have the courage uh, to do this very mainstream 
request that you wait three to five days. I mean, the onus of my 15-year-old who is going to Denver next week and can't get her learner's permit until five days after her birthday, which we are struggling with at my house. <laughs> I will tell you, that seems to be a bigger deal than someone's so, ability to get a weapon of so I think there's I think there's constitutional issues. I don't, I don't, I do think that they'll take this matter up in the legislature I just for consistency and, and, and application of laws regarding these things. Here's what, so, I just she started a conversation, if nothing else. Absolutely, but this is, this is a conversation I want to start, and I want to say, because I have spoken about guns and the right to bear arms more philosophically than practically, because I didn't grow up around them. I grew up in a place where, where I, I believe in this constitutional protection, but I have not uh, practically applied uh, this until... I purchased a rifle that was a legislative or oh, a I've capital, heard about this. a, collective, a collective thing, right? Mm. So I, I, I want to be a team player, so I put the money out buy it, and I, I, I do it just because I feel peer pressure. I'm just going to come clean. I, everyone wants to. Like does, when so the I kids do. are knocking on your door and they so want this to thing yeah. sat at Cabela's. Republican career pressure. This thing sat. <laughs> this thing sat at, at Cabela's for a year where I never picked it up. So you can tell how urgent it was for me to go get this. So you want to talk about a, wait, a waiting period? It's like one year. Okay? They made sure you were safe. So <laughs> I, I'm, getting, I'm getting calls like, "What do you want us to do? Okay, come right. get this." So I go to Cabela's. I go there. I have forms that I'm filling out. Not one, a couple of them, okay? I fill these things out, then they direct me to a computer. And then I repeat everything that I've put on these two sheets of paper about my personal information, my social security number, all this, and I put it on the computer and then I hit enter. And then they tell me to wait. And then I have a person come and say, we'd like to talk to you. And they say, a person with a name Hughes, like yours, um, has this criminal record and we wanna know if this person is related to you. Well, I say, look, my social security number starts with a one because I was born back east, and this person starts with, I'm guessing, a five because I've never known them. I'm the only Hughes I know in the state of Utah. I am going through, I just want to pick up what I already paid for over a year ago. And what I'm going through right there does not feel like some willy-nilly, you know, getting guns and being crazy thing. I am going through an incredibly arduous process of laws that we have on the books right no, now. No, you're going okay? through an arduous process of Cabela's making. Now I'm telling you, of the great state that of did Utah's not feel, name. that oh, does please. not feel to me well, one, like your some name is freedom. On I mean, a terrorist oh but my you got, gosh. You got but your gun, right? Uh, after yeah, like, after like, you know, <laughs> I think literally I was, they were, they were looking for, you know, body parts as, as deposits on my or something. Well, I, I guess what I feel I good do? knowing that Mine, my organs, what do I have to do? Like give you a kidney to get, it was, unbelievably difficult and I just thought this doesn't match kind of the narrative that I hear about the practical way that you purchase so, a gun. But you don't believe that that is what happens in every gun sale? Yeah well you I do I do believe that you have to Ray. the things I'm filling out are, have federal forms and they have all this stuff. Right I think that if was you your go to experience. Places, that's what you that's that was what you your do. experience absolutely. Do you think, oh, that's you think it's you only think me that, that got that because I, I looks like a surly character? No I hope not. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I take one look at you and I'm like, I mean, do you mm. know how unreasonable that is to say that the name Hughes, which is not a rare name, that I got to get held up and ask questions? You about know, a you can I buy guns know? online, right? You understand that they're, you know, you can go. You know what I think? You know what, you know what I think the key to this is ultimately going to be its liability. Nobody wants to be liable for if you want to sell or buy guns, you no. don't want to be liable. And I think what will happen ultimately is technology will create receipts and liability and, and ways that those background checks are done so that you never in a position where you sell a gun to someone who would use it in a way that would commit a crime or do right. something and you don't want to be part of that so you want to make sure that your sale on your side is safe and you certainly don't want to receive a gun that's done any that's been a part of a crime and so I just think that as technology gets better some of these things that are so political there are practical answers but that they are exist coming now Greg 
The ability uh, is they could just scan your iris to get your gun, <laughs> then you don't have to growing. fill out the forms. It'll be so much easier. They're growing. We can issue like we can issue driver's license and identity yeah. cards, and you're like, but how do we keep but track of these guns? Right. It's so I mean, your driver's license is different than your right to bear arms. It is. It's not constitutionally protected to have a driver's license. Yes, but you're talking about the transactional system yeah. of think, a manufactured I think item. I think there are mutual interests so in the So I appreciate the flag waving on a manufactured item, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything that we can agree on. You told there. a white man's story no, in I a Utah not. County retail store. I did not. Come on. Oh, Come I on. I told you the truth. I'm a truth teller over here. How You're many minutes did man. it take? It took a long time. <laughs> Like a real 30 long minutes? Time. No, I was in there at least 45 minutes, I swear. At least 45? To, to pick up something I already bought. It wasn't like I was buying it. It wasn't like looking around. What was the first thing you hunted with? They've been, really they been calling my house to pick it up. <laughs> That's all. I mean, I, they're calling me like, come get this. And it took, takes me 45 minutes. Do you have it like in a framed like, shadow box on your wall? And all this. No, I gave it to my brother-in-law. I just said, I, it was just a bad experience all the way around. See, I there's just, the problem. Did you background check your brother? Oh, I did. Uh -huh. Maybe I Do you have a bill lot. of sale? No, see, I just busted myself here. I know. Do you live in Salt Lake County? I think you do. Yeah, Let's just trouble. hope he doesn't commit a crime with your rifle. Yeah. Or I love my brother-in-law. He never will. Watch him. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep it that he's, way. He's borrowing it. How about that? Are you allowed to do that? Borrow? Um, am I, I getting, am I I getting in more say, trouble here? I don't know. There's been some cases yeah, I think in the state of we Utah okay. right now. Yeah, we won't go into we'll, right now where they didn't borrow. Okay, still mine. Yeah. Um, let's talk really quickly about a couple things that also uh, made national headlines this week. There was a whistleblower who came out with a report about the LDS Church, actually an investment arm of the LDS Church that has billions with a B dollars saved up of money that's making a ton of money every year. I was shocked by the number. Were you shocked by the number? Were you shocked by the number? We're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars here. I'm not at all. You expected that when your tithing goes, <laughs> that it's just going into this uh, look, account? Look, we tried before the show started to drill down on this so that I could understand what the controversy is. I honestly and truthfully, if we're saying that there is a fund that grows, it is a charitable fund that is that would be directed when needed for charitable endeavors, but it grows in terms of its interest, its size, and they're not paying taxes on it, but it is a, and it is a sizable fund for that purpose. I've got no problem with that. I've never thought that the church, LES church or any other faith, I never thought the Vatican spends down or the, their churches in America spend down to zero every year. Uh, you know, because if they collect it and they don't spend it, there's something wrong. But when you have hundreds I've, of billions of dollars I, and it's going nowhere yeah, except I, for to bail out but a church insurance Do we, do we think that's a unique circumstance program? among faiths uh, across the country? Do we th I don't the think The amount it is. is considered. I really don't. I just, I, I, what I, we're I hearing nationally is the amount is considered unique. But I think we have to separate a couple things. Nobody is questioning that church proper is their status or their exemption. It's this affiliated group. So, I mean, one, and one thing I think should should be nodded to that I think if you're a member of faith and you're giving this, I think you're giving your money freely. So I don't think the dialogue about is it spent well or is it not is what we're having. To, to, to just be clear, from a faith-based perspective, I don't think that's the public conversation. I do think there's an interesting public conversation to talk about an affiliated nonprofit that is getting a tax exemption and is parking billions, not millions, is parking that money. I'm, I'm separating itself from the mothership that is religion. But when we look at nonprofits and how nonprofits have to be, things? Does you that have to ex the question at hand in ins and peaks it's nonprofit two bailouts in its history so far. So the question, the, the ultimate repercussion would be for ins and peak to have their status taken away, and it's unclear that that would ever happen. To be clear, but the IRS but I don't think goes after churches. They very don't, often. and it's so no. that's not a thing. But I do think it's worthy of a separate discussion to have 
by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I do think it's a worthy public discussion, and particularly for Utahns who are in the culture of this church, I think it is an important discussion. One, I think sunlight is sunlight, but I think it's an important discussion to have about is that the use of tax-exempt status? Um, and again, not speaking to the religious element. This isn't the religious segment. This is an so, affiliated organization. So first off, the, word, the term whistleblower will never mean the same thing for me again. I think we've just destroyed the, the term or what it ever means. Crying to your Trump pillow every night So I just hate the term. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a flinch when I even hear I'm just immediately like, suspicious when I hear whistleblower. <laughs> you know? But I'll just say this. If that fund is used for non-charitable expenses, then I agree with what you're saying. But I haven't heard anyone say that this fund, albeit large, is being used for uncharitable. It's that it's growing. Definitionally, so, you can't just accrue but, money. But, you must but exercise but, No, because the goodness. This, is, this is what I would say. There are a lot of churches in, around the country, different denominations, where they have a, a, a paid clergy. And you have a lot of churches in America right now where the attendance in churches is starting to go down where churches are closing because they're not able to pay for the, the ministry that usually runs the, the congregation. There's a lot of that going on on the financial side that churches are, are having a difficult time keeping their doors open because of the inherent costs related to doing it. If you're telling me that we have a faith that is looking for a fund that could perpetuate itself or even its interest, if large enough, could always ensure that we have the churches open, that we have the ability to do it, and if that fund grows for that purpose, I think that's a wise use. So Greg, use. you're making actually a component argument of the whistleblower, I hate to tell you, because what the whistleblower said is, yes, you need to give some of that money back to keep your churches open, or to mow the lawn, or time. to give in welfare. But not in real time, to, you do have to well, have interest bearing from There is a question about well, does, when one has to fulfill that intent. It'd be nice, they said that uh, if everything's correct, that the whistleblower came out with that now, if it's making six to seven percent, and I think it's actually making closer to nine to ten percent every year, that the church could actually use just the interest off that to run the organization as is without making I any cutbacks. I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing, it and I think a rainy thing. day is a good thing. I think where some of the concerns I'm hearing from people coming from is that you'd like to see a church which is there to feed the hungry, you know, help the poor, help with education, that none of that money's going to it, and they're saying, you know, it's growing, it's building. Why not pay a tithe off the billions and like use 10% so of that every year? If I, gave, 40 if million I were to give a, a, a public much. policy comparison, which probably isn't good to do, but we have state institutional trust lands. Okay. Okay. And we have a fund that that land generates dollars. It's and not then what comparable. we do is we That's take intended to make the more money, that Greg. grows, the more that grows and the more the interest is taken off, we send that interest to schools, whether the elementary, middle, and high schools to these student counties. Oh, but they're uh, sending the money councils. somewhere. Yeah. What if they the, never the paid? They what if they never paid the schools a dime? What if they continued to accrue money? Right. Whether if they got a better, so, so they I guess, got they I guess kind the of a rough 1970s be, building my, my right now. My question would be: If you're accumulating, is, are you not spending it because you it you're, it's not needed, so that you have even more of it for those times when you would need it, or is it being uh, appropriated in a non-charitable way? I really think the crux of this is: If you're getting a tax exemption, a charitable tax exemption, it better be charitable. And even if you're growing it, and you can explain why that fund and a robust fund promotes and protects your mission as a faith, I'm good with that. I, I, I don't think you have to spend it if it's there to protect and, and to promote it. But if it's being used for non-charitable uh, expenses, then I do think that's a problem. But I haven't heard that that's what's happening to it. They it's said the non-spend that 1.4 million, is that what it was, went to finish off Which, City Creek, and then there was a bailout that went to a check, a one-time check to 
uh, health, was it health insurance, I think? It was in it some was form of, company, yes, yeah. insurance that was belonged to the church. So that's where the concern comes from. I think that if nothing else, sunlight and understanding what's going on with your faith, if you are giving 10% mm -hmm. of what you earn, that's a lot of money every year. So I think it's nice to know where it goes. One quick thing before we leave, um, interestingly enough with this giant um, budget we have in the federal government that looks like it's going to be signed by the president any day now, it's going to get us to November. So we're not going to have a government shutdown this month, next month, the next month. It's still a problem because it's a lot of money, but the federal government for the first time ever, Mara, will be offering paid parental leave. Is this a step in the right direction or can we not afford it when we're trillions and trillions in debt as a federal government already? You know, uh, our debt is, is the one thing looming in our future that both parties need to find a way to find consensus on. So I'm gonna speak out of both sides as though I'm elected. I will tell you that the debt, <laughs> the debt is really looming and we need to start looking at that. I do think work-life balance is what made America great. I think honoring families is what made America you say make great. A, make America and, great again. Did you hear that? I didn't say again. <laughs> I thought it was it's fine. It's always been great. I thought I heard it was it. fine. I, just, I didn't indict it like you. you people. I have a hat for I'm you, I'm a patriot. You're going to love okay? this hat I have Greg for you. Greg Hughes. Yes. Um, so red, I think, like I think it's a good, I think it's a necessary and important. If it makes you feel better, I do remember <laughs> when our First Lady Michelle Obama said she was proud for the first time of her country, which I don't yeah. think rubbed people mm -hmm. the wrong way. So don't say that. Don't say make America great again. Yeah. We're just always We're awesome. We're just going to say be best. Just be best. I like be best. Yeah. I do. All right. So what, so what are you um, <laughs> thinking about this right now? I, is it a good idea? And do you think it'll force yeah. other small businesses, maybe other tech businesses to adopt? And this will be something we see across the board? I, look, I think... Um, I. Good intentions. We have to be careful sometimes. Let's just see how it impacts our, our small businesses. How we? I I don't want to be inhumane to anybody. Um, I think that smart businesses find ways to provide benefits and opportunities, or even time off at parental leave, uh, as a way to be competitive in the job market. And we have a we have a full we're fully employed right now in terms of full you know we have full employment. If you start to require it, um, those those companies start to pull back on those benefits yeah. because they see a way for someone else to pay for it. Um, let's so let's just be careful. Let's just see how that rolls out, and let's see how it. That's that's the key to lawmaking is that there's unintended consequences. You're always trying to make sure that you're doing it in a way that, you know, you're getting what you signed up for. And uh, I feel your look. I know so you don't. So as a me, small business owner for 19 uh, years, that's always is there had an exemption employees. For those that have I'm so just many going small to suggest. Employees? that the profit margins in the private sector and the free market can handle it. They can handle taking care of their people. And if the government would like to lead on the universal values, I think that's okay. <laughs> It'll be interesting well, I'm not going to be goes. on the side of not values or being, uh, being, being I know mean at Christmas. I'm, I'm actually not even thinking about working pay. for the federal <laughs> so government whatever. now. I need a three-month vacation, and if it takes having a baby and switching to do a that, federal workforce, then come back. Yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I know that does not sound like a vacation. My brain needs a vacation, though, after talking to you today. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I, I have seven newscasts to go, but I've got a teleprompter. I'm glad you guys came in. Yeah. I hope everyone has a happy holidays. Uh, Mara, you're heading out to see family. Greg, are you heading out to see family? Or no, are you sticking we're here. around? We're staying around. It's going to be fun. We'll stay here and have a hopefully a white Christmas, but we'll, we're staying home. All right. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that. Thank you for being with us this week. We're going to skip next week. We're going to be a break from politics, but we're going to be back at them and see what Nancy Pelosi did when we return in the new year. Have a great week, everyone.